the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When a man sees his end, he wants to know there was some purpose to his life. How will the world speak my name in years to come? Will I be known as the philosopher, the warrior, the tyrant? Or will I be the emperor who gave Rome back her true self? There is one more duty that I ask of you before you go home. What would you have me do, Caesar? I want you to become the protector of Rome after I die. I will empower you to one end alone, to give power back to the people of Rome and end the corruption that has crippled it. Won't you accept this great honor that I have offered you? With all my heart, no. Maximus, that is why it must be you. Surely a prefect, a senator, somebody who knows the city, who understands her politics. But you have not been corrupted by her politics. And Commodus? Commodus is not a moral man. You have known that since you were young. Commodus cannot rule. He must not rule. everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Happy 2016, my first show behind the mic for this year, starting year nine of the main event. Opened up with that clip from the movie Gladiator. You know, uh, Commodus is not a moral man. He must not lead. You know what? Uh, I think he's talking about Hillary Clinton. You know what? Uh, we got a big selection of people on the Republican side, but we got... The one competition over there on the Democrat side that is Hillary Clinton, and she is not a moral person, and she must not lead. Um, I thought that I thought that a clip had a. I got a couple clips in here that kind of uh, really illustrate what's going on today, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about all that stuff. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Marino Valley. Also, offices in Temecula, Downey. Uh, Corona, Westlake Village, and Orange to service all of Southern California. And coming soon, again, uh, West Covina. So we're in the process of putting uh, putting a West Covina office together. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, if you need, uh, if you need, if you want to get involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And one last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get some information, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you don't want people to hear your business or you're at work or you just don't want me to hear your voice, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. 
and uh, click on apply now. Fill out the fill out the form. Give me as much information as you want, and let me know how much information you want from me. And you'll hear back from either from myself or one of my teammates, Randy Sampius, Matt Bradbury, Alex Rojas, or Justin Clark, and we will help dial you into a whatever uh, real estate financing mystery you have. Um, if you hear something on the show that you want repeated or you want to listen again, you can go to edhoffman.net and click on listen to the main event. You can hear this show as well as four past shows, or you can get the podcast on iTunes. Go to iTunes, search Ed Hoffman, and you'll see the main event, and you can uh, subscribe for free and it'll automatically download to your uh, your digital unit, your computer, your iPhone, your iPad, your iPod, your iWatch, or whatever else you can get iTunes on. I wonder if you can get, can you get iTunes on non-Apple products? Um, so you can even get them on Android and all that stuff? Cool. So, uh, so have it download to your Android as well. And uh, we'll just mix uh, Steve Jobs stuff in with uh, uh, whoever invented Android. Um, and we'll we'll just make it a melting pot. Make it everything just mixing together in the computer uh, technology stuff. Uh, I know uh, I know my my IT guy at the at the company resisted resisted all the Apple products because they made everything sealed that you couldn't mess with them. And uh, then I read the book, uh, Steve Jobs' book, and I said, eh, I'm going to try one of these things. Still got PCs at the office, but uh, I'm an Apple guy. I'm an Apple guy on the uh, on the communications there. Um, also, if you want to get, if you can't, if you can't get iTunes on anything, you can also go to uh, am590theanswer.com and you can uh, download the pot. You can get the podcast there as well. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Ed Hoffman. At Ed Hoffman, I tweet about current events all week long, and you can like the show on Facebook. Just uh, Facebook search the main event 590 to find the show page. Uh, you can read my weekly opinion columns. Visit IE Business Daily. Click on the opinion tab to see my full list of columns. This week's my columns about Obama's new gun control measure, which I will talk about in just a few minutes. So uh, just before I get into to all the all the stuff that's going on, um, this week we did uh, on Wednesday the House passed legislation that would repeal Obamacare and strip federal funds away from Planned Parenthood. Vote was 240 to 181, and uh, not surprisingly, it was uh, divided largely along party lines. Not surprisingly, but it won't stay there long. President Obama has vowed to veto any Republican bill that guts his signature health care law because we don't want to gut his uh, his legacy the way he gutted uh, George W. Bush's legacy and uh, and uh, you know. Uh, what's the word? Uh, D. Uh, um, what's the word? Disrespected. Disrespected the families of all the all the of all the lives, the all the all the uh, soldiers that fought over there, and the and the families of all the soldiers that died, and to disrespect their uh, their task by giving uh, by pulling everybody out and give away all our gains in the Middle East. So we don't want anybody to do that. And uh, but you know what? When we started this, when we started, uh, when we got the uh, Senate and the uh, the Senate and the House of Representatives in uh, November of 2014, we thought they were going to start doing this stuff once a week. Hey, we're going to deliver a bill to Obama's desk to make some improvement once a week, and then he's going to have to veto him, and then every the whole world's going to see. How come it took a year to do the first one? And you know, uh, quite frankly. This kind of reminds me of a of a scene from a movie called Primary Colors. Let me play it. You never surprised me. 
Do you know almost no one stepped up and voted with us because it was right? They always asked for a Lulu. Lulu? I, yeah, it's New York for artificial sweeteners. <laughs> anyway, we'd win, and then we'd be gutted in the Senate. We'd settle for their version, and then the White House would veto, which we knew from the start. Then what? We'd celebrate our great moral victory. We forced a veto. Yeah, big whoopee. But you know what? If if we're uh, if they were doing it, maybe they should do a bunch of small things and uh, small improvements and let him let him veto that stuff one at a time. Or maybe or maybe we should uh, use our power, the power of the purse, and instead of uh, uh, proving an omnibus uh, funding bill like like uh, like they did. Uh, two or three, four weeks ago, before the end of the year, and that that funds Planned Parenthood and funds all this other stuff in order to get what we want. We should just be like uh, be like the Democrats were when they had control of it. Just pass everything we want and t- take out everything that they want, because we know everything that they want is just waste, waste, waste. So, uh, and I'll talk more about that. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about the latest waste, 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 and that's the executive action on gun control. Um, hey, you know what? Before I go any farther, I forgot to uh, thank uh, Scott McAfee for filling in for me last week. It's the first time out of after eight years of uh, doing this show that um, that I actually missed getting behind the mic. And quite frankly, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed having a week off. And in May, I'm going. You know, I'm going away. Don and I are going on a, on a two week cruise. Um, well, we're going a two week. We're, I think it's a nine day cruise, and then we're uh, a day of traveling there and a day traveling back, and then couple days in New York City and a, and a mortgage bankers conference back there. Um, so we're going to be gone for two weeks. And under normal circumstances, I would just record three shows ahead of time. Now I don't have to do that. So we can stay stay current because I can let Scott handle it. So uh, thanks, Scott, for filling in. You did a great job. Um, he did say it was he did say it was harder than he thought. And I know he prep, prepped for it for two weeks. Um, doing it every week is a little tougher to uh, stay on top of it. But I have some help. I have some help, so it's uh, not too bad, and I enjoy it. Keeping you guys, keeping you guys in the in the know of the thing. Of you know what, everybody has their opinion. I have mine. I think everybody's entitled to it. So uh, some people say that everybody's entitled to their opinion. I think everybody's entitled to my opinion. Hence the main event. So uh, so Tuesday, President Obama uses executive authority to implement a series of actions on gun control that will do nothing uh, after promising that doing so would be his New Year's resolution, uh, as if we care what his New Year's resolution is. Uh, remember, an executive action means presidents using his executive privilege to bypass Congress, something Obama has done more than 225 times throughout his two terms. And, of course, they always say that, well, you know, George Bush did it all this time. George Bush didn't do thing didn't didn't uh, use it use his uh, executive actions to do things that were unconstitutional. Um, just made things happen. Okay, Obama started his speech begrudgingly by begrudgingly reminding us that he supports the Second Amendment. Let me play that little piece. This also becomes routine. There's a ritual about this whole thing that I have to do. I believe in the Second Amendment. It's there, written on. The paper, it guarantees a right to bear arms. No matter how many times people try to twist my words around, I talk constitutional law. I know a little bit about this. (laughs) I, I get it. 
But I also believe that we can find ways to reduce gun violence consistent with the Second Amendment. Yeah, he taught constitutional law. He should know something about it, but he doesn't know really much about anything except for, I won the election, so uh, sit back and let me do my stuff. I have a phone and I have a pen. So, uh, um, so you know, he's explaining the Second Amendment is a ritual he has to do. And he, he knows it's there, written on the paper. Does that paper have a name like the Constitution? Nah, it's written on the paper. So uh, what are the things that we can do? Here's, here's what the new executive a- action includes. Uh, new licensing requirements for gun sellers, meaning that all parties who sell fire- firearms must obtain federal license. Failing to do so may result in criminal prosecution up to five years in prison and $250,000 fine. Dealers are also subject to penalties for failing to conduct background checks before completing a sale. Well, let me think. Let me, uh, you know who laws are for? Law-abiding citizens. Um, and they always talk about the, the gun show, the gun show loophole. Um, I haven't been to very many gun shows, um, or I have, I've been to a couple gun shows, but it's cause there was arm wrestling tournaments at it, at the gun shows. And, uh, and I was competing, but as far as the, uh, as far as actually being a gun owner or in the market for it, haven't, haven't gone there, haven't been to a gun show since I've been, uh, collect a, since I have become collect a collector of guns. Asked, I asked my uh, my buddy Randy, who works at our office, and he said, "You can't buy guns at a gun show without going through the ten day wait and the background check and all that stuff." He goes, "What what I think they're talking about when they talk about the gun show loophole is if you're going to a gun show, you're allowed to bring your guns with you. So if you're if you're not participating in the gun show but you're attending it, you can take your guns with you. So you know if you want to have someone look at them, if because they buy and sell guns there." So, uh, um, but you get two guys walking through the, through the aisles of this gun show and they start talking and next thing you know, they transact something without doing it the legal way. That's no different than, uh, one of my neighbors mentioned that he has a whole bunch of guns and he doesn't really think he's going to need them cause he's, uh, in his eighties and, uh, asking me if I want to buy them. Now I bought one of his guns, um, a nine millimeter Beretta, um, I don't know, two, two years ago. And what did we do? We drove down to uh, Center Fire in Riverside, and uh, my first experience buying guns. They they uh, they said, "Hey, it's probably worth five fifty. And uh, he says, "Okay, I'll sell it to you for five hundred. Okay, okay, I'll give you five hundred for it." So, uh, and we filled out all the forms, and the and Center Fire took the guns, and I had to wait ten days till I could get it back. Because, and you know, I also bought a bought a forty five and a shotgun at that time from center fire. So, and I had to wait for, for all three of them. So, you know, fill out the forms, take the little test, fill out the forms, and then they do the background check. So I don't really know. And in 10 days, what are they checking on that? I'm not really sure what they're checking on that, but, um, you know what, if they're not checking whether I'm on the no fly list or if I'm on the wanted list for the FBI or the CIA, are they checking to see if I have any overdue library books or are they checking my credit? Um, you know, what are they checking? Um, and if, and if that's, if, you know, if we already have the background checks, why do we need new laws? Why don't you guys just do the background checks? Now I also have a house in Arizona and I bought some of my guns in Arizona. And, uh, so I had to go get an Arizona ID and then, uh, and then you can buy guns over the counter. And what they do is they take your, uh, they take your Arizona ID and they run it through it. They scan it through the, 
their computer and it takes about five minutes and it runs, I assume it runs criminal records and I would assume it makes sure that my face isn't on the, on a bulletin board at any post offices in this country or anything, but it takes about five minutes and they say, okay, you're clear through FBI and then you can, you can buy your guns over the counter. So I don't know how any law is going to stop people from, from, from making deals in their front yards with their next door neighbor. I don't know how any of this stuff is, is going to happen. Um, and, but it is going to make some, some more laws so we can, they can try to try to find people and, uh, make, make you into a gun seller. Okay. Uh, in addition to that, this uh, this executive action includes hiring 230 new FBI examiners to process 24-7 background checks. Well, we have these things called computers. This is what I don't understand. It would seem like if if the background checks are just going to get beefed up and they're going to add the stuff that should have been in it already, isn't that just a little reprogramming of the computer and you don't need any more people? And... People are buying buying uh, buying guns at a at fever pitch fever pitch rates, and they seem to be able to get the background checks. I don't know where they don't do background checks. Do they? You know, if you buy a gun in Texas, do they do a background check? I don't know where they don't. But you know, two hundred and thirty new FBI examiners. So let, let's assume two hundred and thirty people. Let's say to work for the FBI, that's an extra fifty a fifty thousand year times two hundred and thirty. That's uh, like $11.5 million a year. Plus, they're going to hire 200 new uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms agents and investigators to enforce the gun laws. Well, what do the ones that we have now do? Because this extra law that they're adding isn't going to add anything, add anything extra to what's wrong with the ATF guys we have. So essentially, if everybody makes $50,000 that has one of these high-ranking things, we just spend about $20 million a year. For what? It's just a waste. Of, we just threw $20 million in the trash. So uh, if there's 400 million people, uh, it's, I don't know, it's probably uh, a dollar each or, or 50 cent, dollar each for adults or 50 cents each or something for everybody. Uh, you know, well, it's not a lot of money. Hey, it adds up to a lot of money. It adds up to a lot of money, and it's completely unnecessary unnecessary spending. Um, next, well, this pours $500 million into mental health, implementing a system to prohibit mentally ill people from obtaining a firearm. How are they going to do that? Um, removes legal barriers that prevent states from reporting information about mental... Oh, I get it. I get it. The, the states aren't allowed, aren't allowed to, to report anything about mental patients. Hmm. Well, if they're not supposed to give out that information, certainly they could put everybody on a list. So, so if something pops up, if they apply to get a gun, you'd think that that shouldn't require $500 million uh, worth of additional reprogramming on computers and 430 people. It gives a million dollar grant to researchers developing gun safety technology, gun safety technology, gun safety. Wait, why do we have to put up a million dollar federal grant? Because I think Smith and Wesson already does that, and I think uh, Springfield Springfield Armory probably does that because they manufacture guns, and probably Sig Sauer does it, and Smith and Wesson. I bet you. I bet you all those guys have their own uh, uh, 
uh, develop, you know, uh, they do their research in developing. So we're going to give a million dollars to that. $500 into mental health. Wait, you know, we're not even allowed to call someone a whack job. Hey, you know, that guy's a looney tune. Hey, you violated my civil rights. You insulted me. I'm just mentally, mentally handicapped. But, you know, uh, out of his little speech, out of his little speech that Obama gave, here's the one clip that everybody's talking about. Because our right to worship freely and safely. That right was denied to Christians in Charleston, South Carolina. And that was denied Jews in Kansas City. And that was denied Muslims in Chapel Hill and Sikhs in Oak Creek. They had rights too. Our right to peaceful assembly. That right was robbed from moviegoers in Aurora and Lafayette. Our unalienable right to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness, those rights were stripped from college kids in Blacksburg and Santa Barbara and from high schoolers at Columbine and, and from first graders. In Newtown. Oh, the problem is most of these shootings would have taken place even with these new background checks, including the Newtown shooting because the mentally ill shooter stole the gun from his mom and she had bought it. She bought it legally. Okay. And uh, the shootings, you know, just kind of the thing I said, hey, you can't keep transactions from going on between neighbors and friends and family members. So it doesn't matter. The shootings in Colorado and Oregon might be the only ones that Obama's measures may have prevented because both shooters had uh, bought their guns legally, uh, despite they ha- having, a, despite the fact that they had diagnosed mental problems. Hmm. Very interesting. Maybe we would catch that, but you know, we didn't catch. We don't catch anything else uh, either. So I'm sure that it wouldn't do anything. Uh, but back in Newtown for a second, uh, some on the right are being criticized for saying Obama wasn't genuine when he appeared to be. To cry during his clip, he started to boo hoo. I play it every time I think about those kids, it gets me mad. And by the way, it happens on the streets of Chicago every day. Doesn't sound like he's crying, but he appeared to wipe away a tear. And since uh, Don and I have this new uh, 75 inch 4K. TV with a super Razu 3D. Um, you could see it real clear when that that boring uh, thing that we have living in the White House uh, tries to boohoo. Um, you know what? When I get misty about something and start to have a tear coming out of my eye, when my eyes start to leak because I don't cry because I'm a man, and uh, but sometimes my eyes just spring a leak. So, uh, but when mine do, the tear comes from like the corner of my eye. On either, on one side or the other, depending on which way my head is tilting. Obama's tears seem to come down all at once, and if you uh, see the if you see the film, it just doesn't look like a real tear. Because number one, one second, one second he's not his his face is dry, and the next minute he turns and there's like a waterfall and just came out of his eye. <sighs> so anyway. Um, it reminded me of a scene from uh, Pearl Harbor. Uh, for those of you uh, that haven't haven't seen the movie, or if you have and you just don't 
pay attention to this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, Pearl Harbor, they're talking about uh, getting the girls to feel sorry for him. So, uh, you know, I may not come back for more. You know, it, and then one of the guys tells him, hey, you know, smear this stuff under your eye. And then when you start talking to him, it makes your, the, you, then you can start pulling, playing those lines and the tears will come out of your eyes because you got that Vicks. And I think it's like Vicks under your eyes. And, uh, and then uh, they show one of the guys here. Oh, I just don't know if I'll ever, if I'll ever see you again. Next thing you know, he's, you know, getting what he wanted. And, uh, then it just kind of seems like what Obama did. You know, if we probably could have seen the, the, the film before it got edited, I bet you there's a little thing, him wiping something under his eye to make his eyes water like that. But who knows? Who knows? Um, 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 then Thursday night, CNN broadcast Obama's live town. Oh, you know what? I'm almost out of time. Uh, I got, well, I got a few, few more seconds. So uh, when we come back from the break, I'm going to, I'm going to play you some, uh, some, uh, uh, clips from Obama's live town hall called guns in America with Anderson Cooper. Uh, Anderson Cooper actually did a fairly good job. Not, not acting, uh, not acting, uh, partisan or anything of that, but, it was the longest hour and a half of my life watching it. Um, we DVR'd it, and I told Mama when we went to bed, let's watch that so we can get it off of our DVR. So anyway, I'll be right back after uh, five, uh, five minutes of uh, weather, traffic, and uh, commercials, and uh, we'll play those clips. Hey, buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life. I'm paying you to sing. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation. Happy to be back with you. It's been uh, like two weeks. I think it's been over two weeks since I've been in the studio. Um, due to the coming in early before Christmas and then Scott doing my show for me last week. And then getting back on the back on the 2016 schedule, um, it was just like my voice is back. Thank God. Hey, so anyway, uh, uh, if you're interested in getting in touch with me regarding mortgages, I'm president of Wholesale Capital Corporation. Um, if you uh, you're not going to hear me talk about mortgages very much, but if you're interested in getting a uh, loan for refinancing, buying investment properties, buying a second home, buying a house to get your kids moved out of your house that just came home when the times were tough and they won't leave um or you need a reverse mortgage or if you want to hit some information on reverse mortgage call me toll free 855-640-2020 uh, i don't talk much about it on the show because uh we all do the same stuff it's just a matter of do you want to do you want to do you want to deal with someone who thinks like you has that's like-minded and will actually tell you the truth I had somebody come in yesterday um, about a reverse mortgage for someone who's spending uh, for their their mom that's uh, just they just lost their dad. They got a lot of money in the bank. Mom's in bad health. They got twenty four seven caregivers in their house and um, cost nine thousand dollars a month. And I suggested a reverse mortgage. And then when they came in to discuss it in most in mo- most detail, I find out that they really don't need nine thousand a month. They need about two thousand a month. And they've got over a million dollars in stocks and various other uh, investments. And I said, you know what? For $2,000 a month and mom's in not good health, uh, why don't you just pull it out? 
you know, they didn't want to liquidate stocks because of uh, cap, having to pay capital gains. But um, I said, you got X amount in money market. If you're only talking 2000 a month. Even if you pulled out of stocks, you're, the, the amount of money that you're talking about is probably not even going to be barely taxable at all. I just talked myself out of making some money, but you know what? I will tell you, I will advise you based on what's best for you, not what's best for me. Okay, so let's go back to uh, talking politics because that's what most of you want to hear. And it's also more fun to talk about than mortgages. Um, but if you want to talk about mortgages, call me, 855-640-2020. So uh, like I said, uh, Thursday night, um, they had the, the Guns in America town hall meeting. Um, I heard at the same time they had uh, Donald Trump on a couple other stations uh, with some super high-energy rally uh, in Vermont while uh, Obama was in, uh, he was at George Mason University, wherever that is. But anyway, you had some college kids and you had Taya Kyle. Uh, Dan says it's in Virginia. So uh, so you even had Taya Kyle, the wife of uh, Chris Kyle, the American sniper, that was uh, um, asking questions. But I find out the next morning that all the questions were pre-screened. So Obama had to have it. And if you ever see Obama speak without a teleprompter to have to do that, even even having pre-screened, what a bunch of feckless dribble. This guy just talks nonsense. We we pulled out a few thing a few a few, uh, few uh, sentences that he that he said that seemed to be seemed to seem to make some sense. There seems to be a uh, uh, coherent sentence on a couple of these clips. Um, but man, that was the longest hour and a half of my life. So, uh, Anderson Cooper was surprisingly hard hitting with the questions. Uh, like when he asked him, uh, if doing more background checks was really going to work. Um, let's play that first clip. Close this week, the executive actions, the other things, are they really going to be effective? And I ask this because the vast majority of felons out there, I mean, we can all agree criminals should not get guns. We want to keep guns out of the hands of criminals. Vast majority of criminals get their guns from either illegally or from family or friends. So background checks is not something that's going to affect them, is it? And, uh, you know, Obama finally admitted that the proposals were not going to stop all incidences of gun violence, but apparently he believes that they will stop some. I don't think they'll stop any. Um, and especially if we're going to spend $20 million a month to to uh, implement this law. Um, let's listen to the next clip. I'm not going to eliminate gun violence, but we will lessen it. And if we take that number from 30,000 down to, let's say, 28,000, that's 2,000 families who don't have to go through what the families at Newtown or San Bernardino or Charleston went through. And, and so what we've proposed is that if you have a background check system that has a bunch of big loopholes, which is why a lot of criminals and people who shouldn't have guns are able to get guns. But they're not buying them at gun shows. Only 1% of criminals well, are buying them at gun shows. No. Yeah, so... Uh... If we take it down from 30,000 people a year to 28,000, that saves 2,000. What if we what if we uh, spend 20 million dollars a month and we take it from 30,000 30,000 a year or 30,000 a month, however many however many it was, and it goes down to 29,999. It would be a lot cheaper to just let people have concealed carries and let good people take the guy out. You know, cuz when seconds count uh, the the cops will be there in a few minutes, and uh, and the only people that obey laws are law-abiding citizens, and law-abiding citizens don't shoot other people. 
So uh, I don't understand where he's getting at. But we're going to spend $20 million a month for that. Probably more. Then uh, then Commander Mark Kelly, the astronaut, uh, husband of former congressman Congresswoman Gabby Giffords, stated that he speaks to gun owners all over the country who really believe that they're going to have their guns taken away. Here's Obama's response. What, what I think Mark is alluding to is what I said earlier, this notion of a conspiracy out there, and it gets wrapped up in uh, concerns about the federal government. Now, there's a long history of that. That's in our DNA. You know, uh, the United States was was born suspicious of some distant authority. But let me just jump and, in. Is it fair to call it a conspiracy? I mean, well, yeah. a lot of people really believe this deeply, that they just don't. No, no. They just don't yeah, trust you. I'm, I'm sorry, Cooper. Yes, it is fair to call the conspiracy. What, what, what are you saying? Uh, uh, the, uh... Yeah, so uh, Obama, uh, Obama believes that uh, people are conspiracy theorists. They, it's a conspiracy theory. Let's, uh, let's contrast that with Trump's views on how to stop gun violence. Here's, what, here's him talking to the crowd in New Hampshire uh, on Thursday night. I, think I will get rid of gun-free zones on schools and... You have to. And on military bases, my first day, it gets signed, okay? My first day. You know what? You know why people, you know why people, people love Donald Trump right now? You know why somebody, because you know what? We're tired of having smoke blown up our rear ends. We're tired of, we're tired of the, tired of the, the corruption. We're tired of the lies. We're tired of, of just being made the fools. Um... If you haven't had a chance to watch the movie The Big Short, um, talking about uh, where it's, uh, you know, if you've seen the movie Wall Street Two, kind of, kind of touched on the situation. If you've seen Too Big to Fail, it touches on. It. If you've seen um, The Inside Job, it touches on it. But uh, The Big Short is talking about how the uh, the bond the bond traders created the credit default swap and the collateralized debt obligation. How. Uh, how something that used to be very boring got created into securities and how uh, um, packaging subprime loans with regular loans and uh, packaging them up together and selling them, selling them in uh, as securities all across the world and how it, how it got out of hand and caused the meltdown of the, of the economy. What they did, what they left off was, was uh, how the subprime product that created the problem with, that created the why there was a reason to that bond traders figure out how to do this. Um, the product never should have been there, so they left it, they left that part out. There would probably be another movie called uh, uh, "The Big Dummies," uh, for lack of a more colorful word that I could use on the radio. So, uh, but the Big Short shows you how our economy got taken down. Uh, as a result of stuff that the government did and uh, and allowed to happen, and uh, then if you go see Concussion, shows you. Uh, I'm not sure who the villain is in Concussion, but uh, talks about uh, in 2005 when some doctor proved that the act of playing football uh, creates a, a mental uh, a brain disorder, and that a lot of football players and and uh, and I think in there they show a uh, they show a uh, congressional hearing after this stuff came out and one of the congress people said you know what when when people enlist in the armed services the military they know that there's a possibility that they could die 
know, they know that there's a possibility they could be injured, they could die, they're fighting and they and they're and they're doing that to fight for our country and they and they they openly accept that that's a, a possibility and they're willing to do that to defend our country. Um in football, football players know that they could uh they could end up with a broken arm or a broken leg or a dislocated shoulder or a messed up hip or a, a variety of things. They don't realize that just crashing your helmet into the other guy's helmet, uh, what that's doing to your brain, that we weren't, we weren't, our, our bodies weren't built for that. And it creates a, uh, a uh, condition that you might lose your mind. And you know what? I even asked, uh, asked Don after, uh, after we saw the movie, I said, had you seen that movie, uh, before her son uh, was in high school and she let him play high school football. So I said, would you have allowed him to? She says, no way. No way. And she's so happy that he he played one year and then off to golf instead of football. But Because um, I guess everybody else had their, their growth spurt and uh, he was the smallest kid on the team. He's a big boy now, so I don't know. I don't know. That was uh that was a long time ago in a in a galaxy far far away. But you know when you see when you see the big short, you see concussion, you see what's going on, you see all the Benghazi and all the all the stuff that's being hidden, the emails, all this stuff that's going on, everybody's tired of it. Everybody's tired of being lied to. All our money's being spent on BS that that doesn't that doesn't matter, you know, they and they're just going to tax 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 um, you know what what it uh what it takes for mortgage companies to do loans, what it takes to get health care done for anybody who's tried to get health care. I even picked up our car from service department and and uh and uh the service rider uh that I've been going to for uh well the car bought the bought uh, Don's Cadillac in two thousand eight and uh and he goes, You know what when back in the day we had two of us guys writing all this business now there's six of us, and we do half as much business because we're spending so much time filling out forms, filling out forms and following this and following that to keep from getting sued. All these government regulations. And, you know, we're tired of it. Everybody's tired of it. So, you know, it is Trump the smartest guy? Is he the most experienced governmental person? No. But he's hitting the nerve, and people are just tired of being being lied to. Um, Bill Bennett put out a put out a thing saying that, you know, hey, look at it. Look at this. Every single politician has somebody pulling their strings like puppet, except for Trump. Trump's using his own money, and he's not owned by anybody. You know, Obama's owned by George Soros. Oh, Clinton's, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, owned by all these uh, these foreign governments that have donated money to uh, the Clinton Foundation, hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, everybody and and all these government people. Know that you know all these senators and Congress people and and governors. If they pl- they know if they play by the rules, that if they get if they if they lose their their reelection, there's a five million dollar a year uh, job being a lobbyist, just because you have all the connections in government to get to get things done. So they have that waiting for them if they just don't buck the tide, and uh, so. It's it's a it's a nasty it's a nasty it's a nasty corrupt system that we have and we need to get somebody in there and I and you know we're going to talk about Ted Cruz here in a second but the uh, uh, people like Ted Cruz because of that as well um, so anyway uh, so Trump uh, continues to bring to light more issues of people are afraid to talk about over the holiday Trump got attention uh, calling out uh, Hillary after Bill Clinton hit the campaign trail. 
Yeah, let's use let's use Bill. He's a he's a shining star. You know, and I heard somebody on Fox say he's the oh I know it was Alan the brainless combed um, saying you know he's he's the most popular political figure in the country and he did this and did that. You know what? He's not a moral guy. You know what? Uh, so he started hitting the he started hitting the uh, hitting the trail for Hillary. And it started when Hillary called Trump a sexist right before Christmas, to which Trump responded that Bill is the one who had the penchant for sexism. Now, two weeks later, Trump is uh, still doubling down and saying things like this at all his rallies. Because the husband wants to come and she wants to accuse me of things. And the husband's one of the great abusers of the world. Give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. You know, remember, Bill Clinton wasn't just a... uh, cheating, philandering husband. He's also accused of sexual harassment by Paula Jones, sexual assault by Kathleen Willey, and rape by Juanita Broderick. This week at a Hillary rally in New Hampshire, Republican state lawmaker Catherine Prudhomme O'Brien heckled Hillary about this, about it from the audience, and here was Hillary's response. Okay, let me see. They're right back there, this man right there in the, the, here we go, right there. You are very rude, and I'm not going to ever call on you. Thank you. And you know, uh, you know what was what was she saying? Because you can't really hear it. But here's what here's what she told the reporters after the after the event. I asked her how in the world she can Look at me. how in the world she can say that Winnie Broderick and Kathleen Willey are lying when she has no idea who Winnie Broderick is because she told me this summer that she doesn't know who she is and she doesn't want to know who she is and. How can she assess that they're lying? Which is what she told someone last month. What? And she says, she says that, right, spell she says that, that rape victims should be believed. I agree with her. That's true. They should be believed, and you should assess what they're saying. She doesn't even want to assess it. Why does this issue matter to you? Because I'm a rape survivor myself. Of course, it would matter to me. And as a state representative, I have constituents who tell me that they're drug addicts because they were sexually assaulted and nobody yeah. did anything. How would I not care about that? You're a Republican, though. Yes, I coming, am. coming here to you know coming what? here to question her, though. Coming here to question her at an event, putting her on the spot like yes. that makes her look, you know, not in a, not in a perfect light. Is that your goal? Was your goal to make her look silly? I was a Democrat. I became a Republican because of this. Okay, so hopefully you could hear that. It sounded like there's a lot of feedback there, but um, but she was at saying, "Hey, you know who is? You know, how do you call Juanita Broderick a, a liar?" and uh, she goes, I don't even know who Juanita Broderick is, and I don't want to know. And um, um, and you know why? Why are you concern, so concerned about this? And um, Kathleen Prudhomme says, says because I'm a I'm a rape survivor, and um, and why wouldn't I care about that? And the guy says, Well, you're a Republican. She said, Well, I became a Republican because of this. And uh, so you know, and then Juanita Broderick. Um, tweeted out on uh, on the six, which was uh, Wednesday. She she tweeted out, and I guess it's been retweeted about uh, eleven thousand times. Um, she tweeted out, "I was thirty five years old when Bill Clinton, Arkansas Attorney General, raped me, and Hillary tried to silence me. I am now seventy three. It never goes away." So that's uh, that's a viral tweet. Do you call it viral when it when it's a tweet? You know, it got retweeted. That same thing got retweeted uh, over ten thousand times. It's somewhere up near eleven thousand now. So uh, I don't know. Hillary says she's uh, watching out for the women, but she's really an enabler of a of a female abuser. And uh, here's here's something that I noticed. 
that I noticed, and I don't know if anybody else notices, when you look at Hillary at rallies, when you look at Hillary speaking, do you see her eyes? They're all glazed over. She doesn't make eye contact with people. She looks up. She looks like she's on drugs. She looks like she she looks like she's either got some health problems or she's she's a she's a whack job. Oh, am I allowed to say she looks like she has mental problems. We better make sure she doesn't have a concealed carry. She's not allowed to buy a gun because she looks like she's uh has some mental mental issues. But but seriously, watch when you see her on TV. Her eyes her eyes aren't human. Her eyes are they're just all out there. Look, she looks like crazy eyes uh you know, the Steve Buscemi character in Mr. Deeds. Oh, peanut butter and gumball pizza, my favorite. All right. You know, so, uh, uh, but keep an eye on that. So then, uh, as some of you know, I've been questioning uh, Ted Cruz's eligibility to run for president from day one because he was born in Canada. Now someone else has finally raised the same question, and now it's now people are talking about it. When Ed Hoffman said it on the day one when he announced, nobody said anything, but today... Now Trump said it. Well, I guess Trump has a bigger microphone than me. Uh, Started Tuesday when Washington Post reported that Trump told them Republicans are going to have to ask themselves the question, do we want a candidate who could be tied up in court for two years? That would be a big problem. Once again, his campaign is doubling down. Here's Trump's spokesperson, uh, Katrina Pearson, on CNN. It's not really coming from Mr. Trump, it's everyone else. There's a ton of voters who are a little uncomfortable voting for someone outside of the country. And the fact that Senator Cruz has sort of left this issue off the table for so long has created some of the controversy. Do you believe that uh, that uh, Ted Cruz is a natural-born citizen? Well, I have no reason to believe he isn't. But again, that's not for myself or Mr. Trump to convince the voters of that. That's up to Senator Cruz. Well, you know, I have no reason. You know, everybody's so so afraid to say what they think. You know, but in 2008, we sure had a problem with Barack Obama. And everybody, you know, it got brought up by Hillary Clinton. And then everybody got on it. And then he produced a BS, phony, uh, altered um, uh, birth certificate saying he was born in Hawaii. We all know it's, we all know it's BS. And if you, uh, if, if. You know, if if you always tell the truth, you don't have to have a good memory. And if uh, and if it's and if he really was born in Hawaii, you wouldn't have to doctor his uh, his uh, birth certificate. But he doctored up a birth certificate, put it on WhiteHouse.org, dot org, and uh, and people pulled it apart. You could see it was altered with uh, Adobe uh, Adobe Writer, not Adobe Reader. And uh, um, and so so, but back in November, I had constitutional expert. Uh, Doug Gibbs on my show to talk about it. He confirmed my suspicions. Doug, Doug explained that when the founding fathers, when the founding fathers said natural-born citizen could be a president, they meant someone who was not only born here in the U.S. but had both parents born here too. So they would not. So that would be why Ted Cruz is not eligible, and for that matter, either was Marco Rubio, because Ted Cruz's dad wasn't a citizen at the time of his of his birth, and he didn't wasn't born in in the uh, United States. Marco Rubio was born in the United States, but neither one of his parents were uh, were uh, uh, citizens at the time. I know they're citizens now, but and I know that his dad was a bartender and his mom was a was a was a maid at a hotel. But at the time that that he was born, they weren't citizens. Here's Doug explaining the what why the founders did that and uh, and why they've conveniently dissed their and dismissed their intentions now. 
the reason for that was to protect us against divided allegiance, especially divided allegiance between the United States and Britain. And that's this is where both Ted Cruz and Obama also kind of would make the founding fathers' heads spin, because both Canada and Canada at the time of the birth of their uh, their births were British. You know, well, Canada's a British Commonwealth still to this day. Uh-huh. They're still attached, and, and Kenya at the time of of the citizenship of Barack Obama Senior was a, uh, a British, a British something. Yeah, it was colony or what? Yeah, but, yeah. What, whatever. But he was a British subject, in other words. So, so, so for that reason, that reason. So how come? How come Ted Cruz? No one's bringing this up. Uh, because we have been taught all our lives things like you've been taught. Oh, if you're born on the soil. That's why my very first book that I wrote was 25 Myths of the United States Constitution. We've been taught all these myths, and then we go back to the original language and go, oh, wait a second, that's wrong. Why have we been taught this all our lives? Because the best way to take over a system is to change a system gradually so everybody adjusts and everybody agrees. And then once you have an entire generation of people that believe all the lies, they'll march themselves right up to the flagpole and raise the flag that you want them to raise. So I'm uh, I'm baffled as to 2008 why when they were going through or 2007 uh, well I guess it would be all 2008 because the election didn't actually happen until the end of the year but um, why nobody brought this up I did especially especially when I mean I'm talking about nobody nobody and that didn't get to the news no no because uh, it's not a popular opinion. No, it's not popular to do any of that. And uh, and then uh, Thursday night, Geraldo Geraldo Rivera, who's not my favorite guy because he's a he's a liberal Democrat. Uh, he was on Hannity, and Hannity was arguing that hey, he's a citizen. Hannity brought up the uh, the uh, Naturalization Act of 1790, um, which says that you to be a naturalized citizen, you have to have a uh, your parent your parents born here, and it was uh, and it was clarified in the uh, amendment to the Naturalization Act in 1795. And uh, I find myself arguing on the same side with Geraldo Rivera. It disgusts me, but uh, we can continue to do this. We'll, we'll see. We'll see where it is. If Ted Cruz ends up getting the nomination, I'm not the one that's going to make this call. But if he ends up getting the nomination, it's him or Hillary. I'm going to vote for him anyway, because uh, I guess the world is what the world is, and our country is what the country is. Anyway, I'm out of time for uh, this uh, episode of the main event. Thanks for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.